Welcome to Inside Aesthetics, the podcast for cosmetic, wellness, and business insider knowledge. I'm Dr. Jake Sloan, a cosmetic doctor based in Sydney, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, David Segal, an entrepreneur and a multi-clinic owner in the aesthetic space. We'll cover any topic that makes you look or feel good with long form, unbiased, and unfiltered conversations with expert guests from around the world. New episodes are released every Friday and you can subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You should seek medical advice before undergoing any treatment or procedure, and these podcasts do not replace a professional and bespoke consultation. Chapter six of the business of injecting. Business of injecting. So, I mean, just to... We've, that's been a little while since we put one out. Do we need to? Re, do we want to remind people what well, they're we all about? Well, we had Kate on. No, that was our first one of this year. So it actually wasn't too long ago. Not at too all. long ago. Kate from Youth Lab. Yeah. Well, I guess for anyone that's new, obviously we talk about everything to do with us with aesthetics, and you know, as we all know, we're all out there injecting people, running our businesses every day. But we we sometimes forget to talk about the other side of the industry or being involved in this space, which is is running the business side of things. So we've started a, I guess, like a subcategory or a breakaway kind of concept to talk about more business related uh, topics because mm. um, it's important. You know, we love what we do. We're here trying to help patients, but at the end of the day, um, this is what we've chosen to do in life and we need to be making sure that we're taking care of, of ourselves as well. So, and I guess who better to come and talk to us about it tonight than Dr. Felix Bertram all the way from Switzerland. Well, someone at the, I would say the very, very top of his game. So we've had people finding their way with their business. We had yep. Kate on who's doing clearly very well. And now yeah. at the super high end. So hello, Felix, how are you going today? Hi, Jake. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's Thank our you. pleasure. Now, why are you in South Africa, Felix? We were talking off air, but tell us why you're in South Africa and whose house are you staying at? Uh, well, I'm current, currently at my friend's house. It's uh, Dean Schneider, and he's uh, he's at top of this game. He's um, he's an influencer uh, with 10.1 million followers, and he's raising lions and is living here with lions and monkeys and all <laughs> sorts of snakes and animals and yeah in, yeah, in the in the wild bush of South Africa. Yeah. And he creates amazing content, and that causes yeah. I've seen a lot of yeah. attention. I've seen him on, I've seen all of his videos. Well, not all of them, but I've been having my morning coffee and watching him basically wrestle with lions. As you do, checking the lions out with just your coffee. Che just check <laughs> checking the lions out with my coffee. And you said he's at the top of his game. And, and I imagine that would be an absolute must. Otherwise, you're going to have a sort of Siegfried and Freed kind of, uh, Siegfried and Roy kind of incident, you know, like that. Like, yeah. You know, you got, yeah, I guess you've got to really know what you're doing. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, that's an ongoing debate here. The lions are quite big now, and uh, it's it's very difficult for him already to enter these cages because it's very unpredictable. So they have to be very careful and do many measurements before they go and read the lions. So it, it looks easy on, on these videos, but it's not anymore. When they were smaller, that was more a father-son relationship, yeah. but now it's it's challenging. Yeah. And I've just thought of a weird parallel there. You start small clinics, it all seems so easy, and then you grow a little <laughs> empire and you yeah. get more staff and it yeah. becomes more complicated and then suddenly you can lose it all yeah. if you're not if you're not uh, yeah. watching yourself. Oof. Yeah, complacency is uh Absolutely. is the undoer of many many amazing people and, and businesses. Yeah. So Felix, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Um we know who you are very well, but um you know there may be some people around the world who haven't come across your work yet. Sure. Well, 
love to do that. Uh, well, I'm a dermatologist, uh, originally from Germany. I went then after my after I finished my trainings, I went to Switzerland, took over a very small practice in a very small Swiss town and worked my way through. I worked for five years just as a single dermatologist. I then hired a one or two doctors. I kept it that level with like 15 employees. Um, we took then on two plastic surgeons and find out that's quite complicated because they need overnight beds and they were traveling all the way. And uh, also this broad range of treatments we offer is more difficult if you as if you do focused stuff. Um, so we then had to make the decision whether we stop the plastic surgery department or grow big. And we choose the second option. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> we built a clinic um, in, close to Zurich. In the meanwhile, it's 6,000 square meters. Uh, and it went very well. Uh, to make it short, in the meantime, we have 140 employees, a skin, uh, two Michelin star restaurant. Uh, which I would like, like love to talk about why I did it because most people don't understand why. Um, we have we do hair transplantation, dermatology. We're a training clinic for residents in Switzerland, especially in cooperation with the University of Zurich. Um, yeah, we have the Swiss Aesthetic Institute together with Julie Horn. You probably know her. We know Julie very, very well. well. Good friend. Shout out to Julie. Has, has she been on the podcast already? She has. Of course she has been on. We, we have all oh, the best good. in the world. Yes. Even good, if you do good. say so yourself. <laughs> of course. Come on. I missed that one. I was looking at a reel that I made the other day, and we've had some pretty fucking big people. We have. Yeah. So, so you know. Yeah, no, no, of course. Sure, sure, sure. Cool. Yeah, that, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. So before we go forward, let's go back a bit, because I was listening to an interview with you and Dr. Tim Pierce a little while ago and sort of listening to your discussion, and there was a couple of interesting bits and pieces in there, particularly relating to your past. And, you know, we're going to be talking about, you know, all the amazing um, businesses that you have and the success that you've enjoyed. And hopefully you can share some, share some tips for us. Um, because I'm sure lots of people have lots of questions that they'd like to ask. And some of them have sent them through. So we'll get to those at the end. But one of the things that you said was that, you know, even as an, as an early child, a, a young child, you were interested in business. You said you had businesses with your brother um, when you were very young, then when you were at university, you were, you're sort of inspired by business books. And so I'm curious to know what, what sort of creates that brain and, and, and sort of what, what was it that you think, you know, cause they're, they're very different parts of the brains in, in some way, I think in terms of the way yeah. you think. So I'm just curious to get a little bit more insight into that. Uh, that's a very interesting question because I think it's all about purpose. You know, you only can can do major effort uh, over a long period of time if if you do if it aligns with your purpose. So I didn't realize that uh, until I really reflected on that that I was already interested in business when I was a kid. Me and my brother, um, I don't know, gathered our our play stuff and and went on the street to sell it or lemon lemonade. We, <laughs> We had our recipes and sold lemonade, uh, or we built a house in the garden and thought we could sell it. I mean, obviously, it was the garden of our parents, so that didn't work out well. But, good, that's a good, that's a good gross uh, margin there, right there, Felix. No, yes, no cost of absolutely. no cogs, no cost of goods sold whatsoever. <laughs> We're doing well. No, yeah, we, we did all kinds of, of, uh, of these funny things, and yeah, I loved it, and I love to play Monopoly. Um, yeah, and uh, there was this P. I don't know if, if I was talking about that. Um, at the inner circle, I had a speech, like a keynote speech, started off with the last evening of my father's life. And my I had a book with me, 
because my father was sleeping uh, in between and I, I could read then. And the book was about business and investing. But I was already a medical student. Uh, my father said uh, said this to me, I in, you invest in business and meant the book I'm reading. I invested in memories. Um, today, I know my dad was really right. Uh, but that, I mean, that was a piece of in my history that shows that I'm very much interested in business. And that turns out to come up then when I was a dermatologist. I still love being a dermatologist once a week. But it's it's clear that my real passion is entrepreneurship. Yeah. And when you say you, you're drawn to business or entrepreneurship, what is it about that that you think is is driving you? Is it the conquering of something? Is it to do something that no one's ever done before? Um, is it to challenge yourself? Yeah. To be very very honest, I, I think it's childhood violation. I there was there was things going on in school. I was bullied a little bit. Yeah. And I went at a certain stage, I won't go into details, but at a certain stage, I wanted to leave the school. My right. parents were teachers at this school. Uh, that was some kind of a trouble. And I remember three teachers were sitting in front of me and told me, you will fail. You you, you are nothing, more or less. You won't make it. And I remember that I was thinking back then, if there's the last thing I do in this life is to prove you wrong. And uh, probably this and a few others other happenings in my earlier life could could empower this force to do that. The other thing is, I just love the game. I just love competing. I, it, it's it's something I can't explain whether mm. it is caused by this or something else. You know, I I would like to be a sports star, but I I, I didn't have the skills and the capacity to be a sports star. So I was suffering from this when I was younger it's because all the super sports stars in my class got all the girls and I was <laughs> just yeah, a random person. So when I figured out I'm quite good at business, probably that really empowered a lot of energy to to get at a certain mm. to a certain level. That's interesting. I got a question for both of you. I'm going to start with Felix. <clears throat> but well, before you go there, you know, this, what he said about someone saying you're not going to amount to anything. I had a similar conversation with someone in my family. So we've got there's some parallels. Mm. Um, sorry, go on. Um, when you use the word entrepreneur, you know, we immediately think of Elon Musk and these kind of people. But mm. can you be, can, can you aim to be an entrepreneur? Or is it just a descriptive word of a businessman? What do you mean by entrepreneur? <clears throat> Uh, that's my definition. I, I'm not doing this to be rich or earn money. I do this because it's some kind of a project, which, which are, or a journey, where I where I have an, an end goal. When that's reached, I want to enter the next journey. Like, mm. for example, the restaurant or the Swiss Aesthetic Institute. Or next year, I'm on a big TV show in Switzerland. So, uh, that, I mean, it's just, it's a game. You know, I want to experience new stuff. Yeah. Probably not in the first years. The first years is what's to prove that I, I'm able to be someone. I'm able to to reach a certain goal or achieve certain goals. But then at a certain stage, it, it ended up to be, yeah, some kind of a game, which is a lot of fun. I couldn't do or couldn't run the clinic for all my life. That's mm. not what I'm after. I'm really on a journey. I want to experience new things. Yeah. Because I'm the same for you, Dave, because mm. like, on the one sense, you, you've set up multiple businesses, been super successful, but then you did have long longevity in your last clinic. Mm. So, yeah, David, you did. Uh, you has, had a big clinic chain, right? So you you some kind of an entrepreneur as well. Um, Would you consider yeah. yourself as an entrepreneur? I don't know. That was the, that's just the, the term that people put on you. I never actually thought, you know, am I one of those people? I guess I've just sort of 
accepted the, the, the label to some extent. But, I mean, for me, I, uh, similar to you, I, it's, it's a challenge. I feel like I've got, you know, a limited life on this planet. And, you yeah. know, I, and the more I learn, the more I realise I don't know. And then I think to myself, well, I need like a thousand more lifetimes just to even scratch the surface of all the things that I want to master mm. and all the places I want to see and all the people I want to meet and conversations yeah. I want to have. Um, and so for me, I don't really even know what that label, what the term entrepreneur means. I, I, I've just sort of, you know, I just sort of follow what, what my heart, you know, t- tells me to do. And, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. And, you know, I think part of, of the human experience is to suffer and it, and it is to fail. And, and I think, yeah. you know, it takes a certain kind of, um, you know, it's almost like an extreme sport, like bungee jumping or, or jumping out of a plane. It, it's, it's a, you know, there's a, met- there's some sort of metaphor there, I think that, um, it, it's, it's the thrill of the chase. It's challenging yourself. It's trying to maximize every moment. And then also, you know, when you do fail, when you do fall over and you make mistakes, it's, you know, what do you do with that? Um, you know, do you, do you, do you lose or do you learn, mm. you know, and, and, you know, it's the same, it's the same stimulus, but how, depending on how do you want to interpret it? What do you, what are you going to do with that experience and move forward with it? So, so well said, David, so well. Yeah. Thank no, you. I agree. Sorry, I agree. Jake. No, I, I grew up with the mantra, you have to understand the bitter to, to appreciate the sweet. Yeah. Like if everything's yeah. good you, or, or bad, you, you can't reflect on either side. Yeah. So you both yeah. grew up with some adversity from what you've said. Yeah. And, you know, you've used that to <laughs> propel yourself and inspire yeah. yourself. Uh, I got expelled from three kindergartens. <laughs> Kindergarten? <laughs> what the hell did you do at kindergarten? <laughs> that's, the- that's a German word, by the way. <laughs> that's a German word. <laughs> so, well, come on, what did you do? Oh, like just... Being a prick. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep. I didn't want to do what the teachers told me to do. Um, yeah, I think the last draw, the last place that I went at was... Um, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before. Anyway, I am now. Um, my, we used to, every Friday, all the kids would have to bring in some fruit. And, the, you know, at, at lunchtime, the teacher would get all the fruit and they'd divide it up and everyone would have like a big fruit salad. And on the morning of this fateful day, my mum had an apple for me and she spent all this time shining it up and making it look amazing. And she wrapped it up. And then when it came time to share it, um, I didn't want to give it away. And this turned into, you know, qu- quite, a, quite a heated sort of... <laughs> moment in the kindergarten <laughs> and I got in a lot of trouble and then when the teacher turned around I threw the apple at her right. and so that was when they thought it was best for us to part ways that's not that bad yeah but that, 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 was, like... that, that was like the straw that broke the camel's back that right. was it. you're just a bit <laughs> of an ass every day yeah getting into fights throwing paint at people um you know <laughs> all the normal things <laughs> Fair enough. And here we are. Here we you are. You turned it around. Oh. Here we are. I mean, maybe, guys, maybe entrepreneur is just a word which sounds better than businessman or whatever. It's maybe probably just a trending word yeah. because we all it, think yeah. of Elon Musk and Steve Jobs and some of us might, yeah. might it's a bit compare of the- themselves with them. Me definitely not. (laughs) I'm a very small guy compared to any any big entrepreneur. Well, you sort of reeled off a couple of your projects and you slipped in there, clinic, Michelin star restaurant, uh, training center, and then you've obviously got a couple of conferences as well. But if we just take you back to your clinic first, because I really want to explore each one. Sure. Um, You know, we've spoken about this a million times on the podcast, but many injectors... I feel make the mistake of going, I'm an injector. I'm going to open up a clinic because I inject and they just sort of open up overnight and they just don't really have a plan. Mm. They just think it's all going to just happen because that's what they do. Right. But what, 
what, what what was your reason to open a clinic? Because you could have just continued as you know a dermatologist doing your own thing in the in the public system. So why did you want to establish a clinic? What's the why? I guess is my question. Yeah, yeah probably my personal why is as I already said, I get bored at a certain uh, point. So seeing t- thirty patients per day is not my life, and mm. I figure that out quite soon. I love doing it. Uh, I, I love my patients and I probably many, many of them love me and my work, but it's not what, what I am. So, uh, I, I, as I said, I wanted to go on the journey. Um, that's my personal why. The why of our clinic is we make people feel better in their skin. And, um, I think that's something you should think of in the beginning where very well, what is your why? You know, many, many start off and say, oh, it's my Katie Miller uh, superstar brand. Uh, they have their small clinics. And then they, I met them at any conference and say, ah, oh, I want to grow my brand globally. I want to have multiple clinics. When I say, or I respond and say, listen, that's a cool idea. But why did you call it the Katie Miller superstar clinic? <laughs> because that's very hard to find other injectors who want to work there. So I, I would recommend to every, every person who's, entering the industry to really think of what they, what's their why, what's their purpose, and what's their goal, or what could be their goal. I, I, I hadn't a goal when I started, but I clearly named my clinic SkinMid. I didn't want it to have a personal brand. I didn't want it to push myself into the, the front. And yeah, so I think it's important to do some brainstorming in the beginning. That's yeah, mm. an important point. And did you have a, a detailed business plan, or do you have investors are you the only partner? How does your structure work? I never had a business plan until last year when the bank asked for one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I have no I have no investors. I think I'm I'm just I'm I'm an entrepreneur by heart or by soul. Um I, I'm driven by my visions and my my yeah, my 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 intuition. So in this regards, I'm I'm a bad role model. Uh, you better should work with a business plan. And <laughs> I'm one of the rare clinics at that size without an investor. Yeah, I presume. But I think that you know I didn't do a business plan until much later in life, and you know my business plan was be successful. <laughs> that like that that, yeah. that that was that was my plan. Um, yeah. And and I think that um, you know you're saying you're not the guy. I, I, I don't know whether it's the true entrepreneur that writes the business plan. That's I think that's the CEO that writes the business plan or the managing director, the person yeah. that you know that takes the business once the you know once the magic has been created and the model has been proven. That that, that the role of, administ- of of administering a business can sometimes be very different to the person that, that you know creates that magic Agreed. because it takes a certain kind of madness, a, a gift or you know. <laughs> yes. but, but, but with that gift, you know, you lose something else. You know, no, there's no there's no free ride. You don't you don't get it all. And so yeah. I think that they're very they're very different people. So I, I can relate to what you're saying. You know, like not everyone that's good at business is going to be able to do forecasting and spreadsheets yeah. and and do business plans. No, I agree. Mm. I, I'm not. I don't like working with numbers. What I do basically, I'm really interested in all these future topics, in yeah. all the things that are going on in the industry. You will see me at night at eleven in the bed, reading emails, reading articles, getting stats. And that creates some kind of vision in my brain. And then I, I don't know, a few days later, I go out and have a new plan, new idea. But it's very well prepared. I mm. know what I do. I know why I do it. And I think that's important. And just I'm not randomly running into something. Yeah. 
I got a weird question. Um, many, many podcasts ago, this was actually during the lockdown, um, we were discussing this on our yeah. WhatsApp group. We did a podcast with a, an addiction specialist called Mike Diamond. Oh, uh, yeah. Friend of mine from yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. And um, it was a really weird time. We're all locked up. We're all frustrated. And it was all about mindset. And I found it quite an uncomfortable podcast. But anyway, during the podcast, it dawned on me, or, or I was labeled, and, and he was right, that I'm a workaholic. Do you think that mm -hmm. you're a workaholic? Do you find it difficult to turn your brain off? Do you have a busy brain? Not necessarily. It, there are phases uh, where, where it's hard because business is difficult or whatever. But it's a good point, Jake. I think uh, being a businessman or entrepreneur doing what I do is some kind of addiction. You know, it's like walking through valleys of challenges for months and then you reach again a summit of success. Is it great numbers, great, great achievement, two Michelin stars, whatever. Uh, and that kicks in some kind of dopamine and you want to have it again. I don't know if you know that, David mm. or Jake. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I think being that I wouldn't consider myself as workaholic because I love what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see not, not everything, of course, but in general, I would say I don't divide between private life and business life because both is pleasure for me. Yeah. But I probably I'm addicted to. Yeah. I, I would wonder if an investor would would buy my clinic for a pretty amount of money. And I, I was. I was thrown out of it. I would probably have problems for a while. Yeah. Because I'm addicted to this thrill and these dopamine rushes you get into business. Do you agree on that? I totally understand that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think that, um, yeah, I think when you when it's doing something, most people, I mean, the reality is that most people get up and go to jobs every day that they don't like. Um, yeah. And, and that's work. And I think that, you know, obviously, you know, with the uh, caveat that you need to, eat well, make sure you're sleeping, you know, you take care of your body and your mind, you know, all the sort of things that you need to keep yourself healthy as a human being. I don't think that there's any issue with working if it's something that you truly love. I mean, maybe that's your form of relaxation. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people watch TV, some people grab some beers and go to watch a, you know, a, a football game on the weekend. Yeah. Maybe that's not you, you know? Uh, oh. So I think that if, if the love is there and, and you're doing it for the right reasons, I don't think anyone yeah. needs to make apologies for being addicted to something they love, assuming that all those caveats that I sort of, <laughs> those disclaimers at the beginning are sort of attended to. Yeah. Oh, and it wasn't a negative thing yeah. when we just realized I'm a workaholic. It's, yeah. it's actually mm -hmm. a positive because that is what I love. Yeah. I, I Exactly yeah. what you said, you know, when a new project comes along, like our Patreon, for yeah. example, I find that exciting yeah. and I want to build it and grow it. And, yeah. and we build from the podcast yeah. and things are snowballing, but it's yeah. exciting. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's yeah. cool. What those, most people don't see, for example, even if I'm here only for three days, I'm working in between. Yeah. I'm sitting with my, just before this podcast, I was, I was sitting down there working on my next speech uh, or on stuff. So, they could order the flight to South Africa on the flight back. I'm working not because I'm I have to because it's my pleasure, mm. and that's what's probably also driving the business quite fast. I have just more hours than other people have because they turn off the phone and the computer, whatever, at five or six because they have other purposes, other otherwise like yoga or whatever. That's amazing, but my purpose, my why is is business. Yeah. Wow. Um, who's taking care of your thirteen dogs at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a team. I have a team of four people taking care of the dogs. You have a team of four people. <laughs> four. Four people, not four, four teams. Four. 
Well, I'm glad you only said it was four. I was, I was starting to get worried there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the queen. You've got like, you've got like, do they follow you around? Uh, um, <laughs> let, let's delve into the why the 13 yeah. dogs or, or the how. Because 12 wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, honestly, it's, uh, it's some kind of, it happens accidentally. There you see, I'm an animal friend. So that's why Dean Schneider is a friend of mine. We both share this passion it just happened you know while i was in my residency i had two two small dogs uh because i don't know how it is in australia but in germany back then it was that you were moving every year to a new clinic to a new city to get your trainings continued yeah, same here so the only thing i had same same with well, yeah okay so the only thing i had was my two dogs and one is still alive uh paula with 18 years of age wow and when I then moved to Switzerland and things settled, uh, I started to to taking on rescue dogs. And it's so, it's such a, they're so grateful. And that's such a, if you have a good team, I couldn't do it by myself, of course, but it's such such a, a satisfying thing. And, you know, I had, just have a heart and I saw a dog here and I saw a dog there and I all took them on. And <laughs> so that's how it, how wow. it happened, so more or less. And the two dogs got babies. That's something I have to mend as oh, well. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. You do it all. So let me ask yeah. you, um, obviously, Jake and I were very aware of who you were. We had no idea you knew who we were, but um, you sent me a message oh, and, I know, of and, and sent that you wanted to sort of uh, connect because you've got some pretty exciting things happening with your future as well. And there might be some some synergy between what you're doing and what, and what we're doing. But what was it that sort of made you reach out to us just out, just out of curiosity? Yes. I mean, I definitely know who you are. Uh, uh, I, I listened to your podcast many, many times. Uh, I, Well, I had many, as you saw, many discussions with Tim Pierce and we yeah. run and others. And we came to the point that within our industry, there's no one, at least no one with credibility. There are a few business advisors, mm. but if you go into their CV, I at least haven't seen them working really in the industry or in the on, on the field. So there's no one with credibility who's giving business advice. And especially through Inner Circle, this event we had back then in, in August in Switzerland, I realized there's a huge need for that. In the evaluation sheet, they all ask for more of this. Uh, so I decided to put myself out there a little bit and help with that. And uh, yeah, then uh, I realized you, you you had the same idea, which is amazing. And I had the feeling I have to reach out to you and yeah, say congratulations yes. and let's brainstorm together if you absolutely happy to do that. Yeah. No, absolutely. we were kind of humbled. It was yeah. it was very nice synergy and here we are doing our own podcast yeah. now. And we're gonna come on yes. your podcast, apparently. Yeah. We haven't fixed the date yet, or is it? Clear no, we it's, it we've got date? it in March. I can't remember the date, but we we did fix it up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we, I, I'm looking forward. <laughs> I'm still in the phase of finding the right editors and all this. Uh, you know? Well, we've we, got a we, great one we, if, if you want to use him. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you probably want someone a bit closer. Huh? I mean, today you can do all the stuff remote. That should be probably exactly. We will have a chat about that. Perfect. Yeah. Thank Actually, you so much. Thank you. I mean, kind of joking, but you know, you, you've got your 13 dogs. And relating this back to, you know, clinics, you open one, but you now have five. So w w where do you end? Like, why not 10? Why not, why not 15? Why not four, 14? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, joking aside, <laughs> like, how, how do you, well, why do you decide to scale? And at what point is enough? You know, where, where yeah. are your clinics? That, that that's a very good question. Also, the the, the the debate about success, what is enough success? Where do you end? You know, so I think, um, you know, what we are doing, we are in Switzerland, we are high-end priced. Uh, we have this one huge clinic with all the infrastructure, and we have like four smaller clinics very close. 
Um, to, to be to be clear with that, I think this quality level is hard to scale. Mm. It's very hard to scale because we choose the, the doctors very precisely. We train them. We have a leadership academy. We have the Swiss Aesthetic Institute. We really want to make sure we deliver Swiss quality. We want to be the Rolex or the whatever you compare it because Switzerland is a very high-priced country and it's I think it's hard to run a budget clinic or kind of chain. So uh, I'm not sure if I would scale this business. Uh, we have a lot of investors asking for this, also from US, but it's 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 a very tough game mm. because if you ask for these quality doctors, the doctors who have ambitious who uh, ambitions, sorry, what's the right, right ambitions? Yeah, ambition. You yeah. understand what I mean? Ambition. They probably, if you don't create a very good infrastructure for them and don't make clear what the advantages of your clinic is, they want to leave you. So. We have a bunch of things we can offer, um, and Mandy understand that it's uh, for as a, an advantage for them, and they stay. But in terms of scale, it's difficult. So I think if you want to scale my model, you probably should leave this clinic as it is, a a, a niche top clinic in Switzerland, and then scale in retail, like with a skincare brand or with trainings or with events. Um, or you decide, and I hope David can agree on that, or you, you decide to slim your range of uh, treatments like only injections, only lasers, only hair transplantation, and then go big. Mm. I think with this broad holistic range we offer, it's it's hard to scale far beyond what we're doing now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think that um, you can't be everything to everybody. And I think no. that... and. Um, I've said many times on the podcast before that everything in life now is becoming subspecialized in, in, in most professions, whether it be uh, in the legal profession or in medical profession. And then you've got subspecialties within specialties. And so I think that yeah. um, if you specialize in, if you narrow your, your range of offerings, you can be, I mean, if you do the same thing every day, you're going to be better at it than if you do a hundred things a day yeah. at each of those 100 things. So, you know, you get efficient, you get your systems um, streamlined, um, you know, it allows you to still, it, it allows you to run the business. There's almost like that, this sort of, um, crossing of, you know, being able to run your practice from a medical perspective, um, with maximum efficiency and, um, outcomes yeah. for your patients, but also, you know, that sort of, it crosses and you get this cross section where, you know, by doing that, you also get this magic effect of being able to make your business quite profitable as well and, and run it in a streamlined manner. So I think it's, it's, yeah. it's an intelligent way to do it, I think. What, what services do you offer at your, your flagship clinic? Well, it starts with uh, beauty treatments like cosmetic treatments, hydrofacial yeah. and skin peelings and all that. Mm -hmm. Then the entire range of dermatology. We have a skin lab. We have plastic surgery. Also the entire range. We have uh, 13 uh, operating, 12 operating theaters. Wow. Uh, we do hair transplantations. So, so, in terms of, we have a skincare brand. In terms of beauty and beauty treatments, probably everything, which is cool because you can combine a lot and you can you can yeah. cross sell a lot. But on on if you want to really scale, like entering US or UK or other European countries, it's difficult because you need all these experts and yeah. in all these fields you need good experts. So that's mm. tough, a tough game. So I mean, you've effectively got an aesthetic hospital. Yes. Yes, it's uh, absolutely pretty amazing. And then I gather your training institute is also there, or is that off-site somewhere else? 
No, that's in the same building. Um, I hope you, you will be able to come to Switzerland one day to see yeah, that. Yeah, I'd love to. It's the same building at level 11. Uh, it's, a, it's a separate area where we train these people. And uh, yeah, mm, I'd love to. Yeah, I, yeah, well, I'd love to. And that's how we met Rosalia. She, yes. she trains for you. She was on the podcast. Yeah. And of course, we've had Julie who trains there. So we know the um, yeah. training center very well. And it's actually really nice. Rosalia said when she's training you know, injectors at your clinic or at your training center, she actually tells them, listen to the podcast. Yeah. She thinks it's part of the training to, you know, give them rounded cool. knowledge to, to start learning yeah. about kind go. of the random crap yeah. that we talk about. Yeah. So that's quite a nice nod. Tell me, Felix, um, making the decision to grow. And I know there's a lot of people listening at the moment who'd be thinking, oh, David, I don't have like multi-chain clinics. It's not, but you know, the, the concept is, is still the same. There are many injectors out there who maybe they've got, their own little business, they're a solo injector, they want to start looking at ways to potentially start de-risking and, and, and their business from a financial perspective and, you know, offloading some of the, the, you know, the physical, you know, exertion and injecting all day, every day and start to bring people into the business. But it's all the question I get a lot is, you know, when's the right time to do this, whether it's opening another chain or taking on another injector, how do you sort of, you know, get to that point and, and forecast, you know, when you're potentially going to be ready and then how do you take those steps, uh, you know, as a seasoned, you know, entrepreneur and in inverted yeah. commas, how do you make that decision? Because it is scary, right? Especially for people that haven't done it before. It is, it is. Um, uh, th there's so much to say about this, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what I recommend first to, 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 to hold on a second and think, do I really want to do that? Why? Why yeah. do you want to grow? Yeah. Everyone wants to grow and what for? So that's the phrase. Is it money? Is it mm -hmm. passion? Is it because all the outer voices drive you to this because Instagram and all the other successful people make you feel to yeah. do that? I think that's very important. Um, what I did, I, I, I was filled up. Then I took a second doctor. He, he or she was filled up. And so I went on until to a certain stage where cash flow was much bigger. And then we could take on more doctors and could follow a, a, a different scale. But as most of the injectors are signal injectors, I would, uh, recommend to move on carefully. And I would recommend to have some kind of a headquarter with like five or six or even more doctors because, uh, my experience is medical professions, is it doctors or nurses, like to work in teams. Mm -hmm. They like to be together. They like to share knowledge. Uh, they like the safety of, of having others around themselves. That's my experience. And uh, that's also attracting other injectors and people coming in because they want to learn from you and uh, want to grow. If you, and uh, that's what we did basically in Lensburg with this hospital. So we have. Also, we have then some new or other outlets, but uh, they are also at a certain have a certain uh, size. I always go for at least three to five doctors because it's difficult to run a clinic with one doctor. Mm -hmm. You are too too dependent on one person. You know that's number one. And second, no really ambitious injector or doctor wants to work by themselves. You know, so um, it's. It depends on the model. It depends on I, I have to. I, I, I offering a broad range. Are you offering a certain treatment? Want to grow? So I can't answer this question in all details. But that's what I'm. Yeah. I'm usually saying first. Yeah. Think of the concept. Think of the brains of doctors and, and nurses. How they work, mm -hmm. and they they love to work in teams and groups. That's my experience. Yeah. So we try to create groups and teams who really fit. Yeah. I want to talk more on that, but I'll let you jump in with a question if you want. I'll come back to that thought. Yeah. Um, another question that many clinics or injectors 
ask us is how do you choose or incorporate devices? And particularly body contouring is a question that comes up a lot. Is it worth it? Is it profitable? Is it not? Do, do you guys have any devices like that or is it just strictly lasers yeah. for skin? Now we have a few devices and that's a very good question, but we are not very heavy on devices because that's my experience. It's not that easy to make a success case out of devices. If you have lasers, they should run the entire day, right? Yeah. And if you have lasers in all of your five clinics, it's not very efficient. So what I did back then, I just bought random devices. I mean, the honest truth is I did so many mistakes up to where I'm now and I'm still doing mm -hmm. mistakes. And that was one. <laughs> I bought devices because I thought they were cool or I were at IMCAS or other conferences and thought, okay, take it on. Today, I wait. I yeah. wait until the industry gives me confirmation that this device works. <laughs> and then what I do is a small case. Uh, we do a small case and see how many people do we need? What is break even? How long? Uh, uh, how, how many years will I have the device yeah. for turn all these kind of yeah measurements and, and, and numbers? I, I run through them very carefully with the other doctors, make sure they understand and confirm this as well until we take on a device. What is your experience on that? They're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're expensive. They're, um, they're, they're labor intensive. Um, they warranties, consumables, um, and the technology yeah. is always being superseded. And now there's so many options. Yeah. It's sort of like there's a sea of sameness and there's a lot of, a lot of promises and not a lot of delivery with, with a lot of them. I mean, there's some great products out there. There's also a lot of, I think a lot of, mm -hmm. what's the technical term? Mm -hmm. Bullshit. Is that, mm -hmm. is that, yeah. I think there's, I think there's a lot of bullshit as well. Um, and so I think that, yeah, pick your device carefully, you know, the tried and true um, brands um, that have been around, they've got, you know, good reputations, you know, a lot of credible people use them, good patient reviews. Um, yeah, it's difficult. Um, I mean, in, in my businesses, I mean, all the complications, came, you know, came, all the serious ones came from lasers, to be honest with you. You know, not, yeah, not, not, yeah. In, not injectables. They were all burns or, yeah. you know, people were on photosensitizing Absolutely. medications, you know, tanning injections, all, all sorts of weird stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously other than a, a vascular occlusion, which can be catastrophic or, you know, potentially an anaphylaxis. But other than that, I mean, unless you stick a needle in someone's eyeball, everything generally is reversible or, or fixable in time. You know, you can yeah. you can scar someone for life with a laser or mm. one of these devices. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think they're I think they're a necessary evil, but I think choose carefully, um, both yeah. from yeah safety perspective and efficacy, and also financial because you you know some people get caught with these devices and they're just a, a drain on cash flow and they they know yeah so somehow other they never meet the sales figures that the salesperson told them they were going to when they're showing them the, uh, the <laughs> forecast of how they're going to be a millionaire in six months from buying one of these pieces of equipment. So that's not to bash the devices. Be careful I think, with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well, I felt yeah. um, as an injector that whilst they might be complimentary if I had my own clinic, but I don't, but I wouldn't be involved in using the device because I'm the injector. I'm not going to go and yeah. strap yeah. on, you know, cool sculpting pads or strap on an M sculpt or yeah. whatever yeah. it may be, because ultimately you need a skilled therapist who does that day in, day out. Yeah. But then once yeah. the, the, the patient's kind of ready, they're left for half an hour or 45 minutes. Yeah. So you almost need a setup, you know, with space and, you know, an ambiance that is conducive to that patient kind of enjoying the experience, yeah. but it doesn't really involve the injectors. Yeah. So it's a different yeah. mindset. You know, if you're a solo clinic and you're effectively injector, I just don't think it works. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. agree. 
Yeah, I agree on it's that. a yeah. difficult one. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. Be careful with that. Have a good concept and run the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I think some of these companies as well will agree to um, when new technology comes out, there'll be like a smooth handover in terms of the, you know, the way the financing and things work as well. So I think just make sure that think about the future because it's moving so fast. Yeah. You know, if you're not sort of at the, you know, there, there are some legacy devices that have been around forever and will probably be around for many years to come, but there's a lot of stuff sure. that, that's hot today and it's cold tomorrow. And, you know, <laughs> you want media, a uh, media they, article they away. They cost a bunch, right? Yeah. They cost a bunch. They're yeah. extremely expensive. So it's not something you can try like a new filler spend yeah. like 200 300 yeah. bucks on it and, and if it's not working it, it these devices cost 100 yeah or even hundred thousand or even more so yeah, yeah. yeah. and they take a room up wisely. too they take a room off you as yeah, well yeah yeah um what to do about your training academy not not necessarily for the the, the content but more the business side of it so again w- what was the why because you know there's many training centers around uh yes. you get training from pharma of course and there's pros and cons to that but like what what, what was your reasoning um that, that again here it was just accident uh, and uh, or or it happened accidentally I, I i mean i went to julie horn's academy in 2017 and we became friends and she then moved to south africa back then just before covid uh, i think 2018 or 2019 and she asked me if it if it's possible to do her master classes in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And I did the research and said, yes, you could do that, but why not running it big? And she said, yes, cool, let's do it. So, but then COVID hit in and we were just in the process of doing the constructions and the building. Um, yeah, and, and could have had some few master classes in between, uh, which was fine, but mainly webinars and all this. Um, but th- yeah, during this, uh, to be honest, there was no, clear plan i just had the feeling back then julie is a big shot and she still is and i i thought if i have the chance to work with her we we should try something um and the investment wasn't that big it's just two big and nice rooms in my clinic they're nicely constructed and well furnished but it's it's not that that high of risk um well then we figured out the master classes of julie is the, the the majority of the income goes to the trainer of course <clears throat> so that's from the business perspective not a not a very that that doesn't really make sense for for others who are invested uh but then we had this idea of inner circle where we thought okay let's let's find like top amazing personalities within the industry and create this one weekend uh where we only allow 50 people to attend the ticket is quite expensive with 10,000 but we will deliver 10 times the value that was our uh that what we what we aim for we really wanted to create value for them yeah uh and that was a huge success um and yeah uh, so we we figured out in the meanwhile that probably these events are from a business perspective a, a, a better option than only master classes so in future we will have a mix with my for master classes julie's and bread and better bread and butter master classes or uh, um, uh, workshops for botox and toxins and fillers but we will do these events like lips and beers and inner circle and others and um hopefully we'll have fun with that that's yeah. interesting because uh, you know many of us train including myself and you know there's always this question of how do i make this value for myself as the trainer because you know, if you have, I don't know, five people turning up to, to learn about whatever, you have to charge yeah. them quite a lot each to justify the day and the product used and your day off work when you're not in clinic. And mm-hmm. 
it never really seems to 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 be of value unless you undersell yourself. Um, and I think yeah, or if you yeah, or if you at the level of Julie, Different. I think it's not a secret. You pay like three thousand or three thousand five hundred to attend her master classes, and if 10, 10 people are are attending, it's that. That's, that's quite cash. okay, I would say. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> that's good cash. So, you know, Julie's Julie. Cost... Most people can't, can't come yeah, on yeah, those that, that's it. That's it. Uh, no, I agree with you, Jake. It's it's tough. I think the training the uh, training academy based only on masterclasses and workshops is tough. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair. So, where, when you, what sort of, I'm, I'm interested to know how, you, how you're going to tackle the, biz, the business topics. Um, so, how, how are you planning to sort of unravel uh, uh, un- that? And, and, you know, everyone's got sort of different backgrounds and, and sort of, starting points in terms of, of knowledge in the business realm. So how, what's your, what's your approach going to be there? In, in, in terms of academy and events? Yeah. Well, you said, you said, yeah, yeah from the business side of the, the education side of what you're doing there, the business education yeah. side. No, I agree. I, uh, that, that's what we have to find out and maybe yeah. we find out together. Right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, the inner circle, that was surprising. I mean, even though the ticket price was extremely high, it yeah. was 80, 90% nurses. Yeah. Very ambitious nurses, extremely trained and, and educated. So I was surprised at that. And I came up with a feeling that the the majority of the market, especially in US, in terms of injections and, and soft aesthetics, however you call it, probably will be done by nurses mm-hmm. mid or long term. And... Um, uh, you know, we had this experience within the inner circle. The first day was we all had a keynote. We only had a keynote and mm. we promised ourselves to not brag on the stage and say what superstars we are. We yeah. would talk about our struggles. Yeah. And that was so liberating. And so that broke the ice. And from there, this event was really huge and we yeah. felt like a fam- family. And I had this feeling that, I mean, in general, in the entire world, people are seeking for guidance, right? Mm-hmm. They're seeking for guidance and role models because it's moving so fast, it's changing so fast. And um, so that so we're playing around a little bit with, with several ideas, mm. but the basic idea is all the same, being the guider in our field or giving guidance in our field together with others. Yeah. Um, the lips and biz thing in Miami in June probably is more addressed in People who start off yeah. uh, in the business are at the beginning of their journey, and we have a lot of entertainment there. Julie does her tra- her lip injections. She talks about her secrets and social media and so on. I will talk about all these business experience, but not from my level. Now mm-hmm. I say how to run a 140 employee business or whatever, starting with the very beginning. What are the basic thoughts? What do you have to understand? What is a financial fact sheet? What is, I don't know, how to read a contract? I mean, there are many basic things we understand, but many out there never have been in touch with, right? Um, Mm. How long does a contract, how long should you rent a a, a venue? What is the numbers about insurances? All these tiny basic stuffs. What to be aware of, not only earn money, also be aware of your costs. Uh, Every safe dollar is a safe, is a, is a, dollar uh, profit right and every earned dollar is not a dollar profit it's then depending on country and situation 0.4 or 0.3 so i think all these basic informations are valuable to these people and we will do it in a very entertaining way finding their purpose making them think of their 
why, and then taking it from there and creating their personal roadmap to success. That's what we plan on this day event. But uh, I will let you know afterwards if that worked out. And yeah, uh, I think hopefully it- we can... I think it's. I think that sounds great, and I, and I really like your ideas and your concepts. I think um, something that's become it's obvious now, but it wasn't obvious at the time was you know take trying to be the change that you want you want to see in the industry. I know I'm sort of paraphrasing Obama, who paraphrased Gandhi, but you know that that kind <laughs> of you know being creating leading. F- starting a trend or, or or building community, starting to change the the way the industry. Um, communicates with each other or interacts with each other. It feels like it's a very lonely pursuit, um, this industry. Mm-hmm. People, uh, you know, highly com- – we've got very, you know, Taipei personalities, people that are very successful, very driven, very competitive. And I think in some ways that has – it does you a, a great deal of, um, you know, advantage when it comes to, you know, being the best that you can be. But in some ways I think that it alienates and isolates us as, yeah. as a community and I think that's something that, you know, we've done almost, well, as I said, it's obvious now, but it sort of just happened as, a, as on its own natural trajectory is we've created a community. Yeah. We're trying to yeah. educate people. We're trying to embrace experienced people, people that are new to the industry, people that are somewhere in between, people that are business owners, people that are injectors yeah. and creating a safe space for us all to interact and to lift each yeah. other and to lift each other up. And I think that, you know, together we can take the industry to to them, and you know, it, not just within our countries. You know, internationally, like the amount of people that we've sort of connected with to, on all different parts of the world to find out that, you know, a lot of us are thinking the same way. Yeah, and you and know, it's so easy yeah. today, right? Yeah, it's so easy today yeah. with internet and all these social media. May May I ask a question? Sure. Uh, you 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 said you created this community just out of curious curiosity. Sorry, we had you have a WhatsApp group, right? Yeah. And we what have I Prina. figured out, we had a <laughs> WhatsApp group. We had a WhatsApp group for Inner Circle yeah. with these fifty attendees. It was meant to be pre-Inner Circle to figure out where to go, which restaurants or whatever. <laughs> but now it turned out that it is a really amazing tool after the event, yeah. and we are changing, exchanging experience and knowledge. And uh, someone shared his VO, and all the others yeah. helped and gave advice and. Uh, that's so that's so satisfying and 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 I'm so grateful to see that because it's so yeah it's cool that we we are yeah helping each other and is that your experience as well is yeah that that's how it works exactly how it's worked for us and funny enough today we just made a slight tweak um so we started off as one inside aesthetics whatsapp group for anyone and everyone like if you're a listener in you know India you can join no problem and then we quickly realized that can scale quite rapidly and and there's a limit on whatsapp to i think 250 yeah um but also we're giving quite a lot of you know information but it's sort of not ring fenced it's not controlled in any way so then we decided well how do we make this a little bit more a little bit like what you said inner circle a little bit more private but special and a little bit more filtered i guess intimate yeah so we set up a patreon which is um Patrons cool. a website, which effectively, if you're a digital service like a YouTube channel or a podcast or similar, you can then invite your fans or followers or listeners to, you know, subscribe in, in, in a tiered way. So you can make it very cheap or in a tiered um, expense way to get extra value from your podcast. And so yeah. I'm sort of explaining what our Patreon is, but as part of the tiers, you get access to a WhatsApp group and just maybe three weeks ago we divided one group into two so injectables and business and then today we sort of 
realized that we have to set up a third one, which is just for general chat rather than, you know, mix, okay. mixing kind of, you know, jokes or, or stuff about conferences and all these other things in a more, yeah, yeah. we just need to keep, keep the channels a bit clearer yeah. because otherwise yeah. you have 150 messages you wake up to and you're like, oh, I'm never going to catch <laughs> I'm up. I'm just going to read the last five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas yeah. if you really want to ask a business question, that that really should be more ring fenced and dedicated to just business. So yeah. we actually now have yeah. three groups, and I'm sure it'll expand further as time goes on. Yeah, but well, um, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. You, are, are people uh, able to chat with each other yeah. in Patreon? Yes, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, in Patreon. No, uh, no I join. I, I join your business Patreon, and, and I'll, I'll help you with giving advice if you want. And no, don't my, worry. We're going to please do. We'd I'm, love I'm, to. I'm, I'm already lining you up for a business life chat. <laughs> yeah. Felix. It's happening. Um, yeah. Now we, we've kind of glossed over kind of a, a major thing, but but out there, the the restaurant. So it's actually called Skins, as far as I. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, w w what's the concept? Is it at all related to the clinic, or is it just something cool you did that's near the clinic? Like, just tell us about the concept. Yeah, that's that's what most people think. It's just something cool, and it. But uh, again, here I had the idea. So, uh, there are two reasons. Reason number one is I was searching for a way to communicate and create image for 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 the clinic, and. I had the feeling there's no better way to, or at least with my with my uh, financial options, no better way than uh, creating these fine dining restaurant with these tiny pieces of art. And if if you see the kitchen, it looks like operating theater. Hmm. If you see these chefs, these well trained chefs from all over the world working with tweezers, creating these super tiny, amazing uh, pieces of yeah beauty created out of high quality materials and then you enter into a joyful evening uh with with yeah with a lot of good feelings and a glass of wine or whatever you choose so it's there's some similarities to our core business you know we create beauty we are we want to be perfect it's all clean high quality and it should end up in something yeah pleasurable we want to make people feel better in their skin so that's number one and we didn't expect it to michelin stars we opened up in <laughs> june i think and it was i mean again here i can i can uh, and i think that's important to talk about the struggles i had a very very tough last year because this building was late it was covid um all the supply chains were were broke uh it the budget was was two million above in the initial plan budget so Jeez. that was a real struggle and i was fearing that this restaurant will survive because we really really were at the edge in terms of liquidity and all this and uh, we only had this one chance of of getting at least one michelin star in october so four months were left and again here that was probably the biggest dopamine rush i had we went there to these awards uh, we were invited, so we know probably we'll get one star, but it could be a green star or at a young chef award. We, we were not 100% sure. We were sitting there and all the one Michelin stars was called to stage. And I was thinking, oh, shit, whom <laughs> did I told all this? What a, what a bad thing. I What to do now? We because I didn't expect it to get two Michelin stars after two months. Uh, and then we did. So go go on my Instagram. You see a very emotional video about I've me crying. That was, 
uh, that was so cool. So yes, and since we have these two Michelin stars, it's fully booked, and uh, yeah, all the press is is writing about it. Also, the New New York Times uh, contacted me because they thought it's so unique that a clinic uh, runs a two Michelin star restaurant. But let me quickly talk about uh, reason number two. It's employee branding. I think that's the biggest challenge we are facing. I'm not sure if it's the same in Australia, but probably the demographic changes and all the the, the changes of lifestyle. Jen said more and more females entering industry. People want to work part time. Uh, makes us really struggling finding the right and good people. Mm. And the idea of preparing fresh food for lunch. They don't prepare Michelin star level food, right? But they we have like two two menus. Simply cooked, but on the level of the two Michelin star chefs. So, so they prepare lunch for our employees, and that's a cool thing. And we already uh, received a lot of applications uh, where they mentioned the restaurant. I mean, it's obviously not only the number one reason to come or the main reason, <laughs> but it's a nice add-on because our business is so dynamic so quickly. And it's the idea of creating this cash of silence where we all come together for lunch, having a small chat, just resting for an hour. And that really, we feel that creates culture. We see yeah. it really creates culture within a team. In the meanwhile, we have also evening events like, I don't know, um, Christmas uh, bakery event for our employees and, and stuff like this so it has these two reasons can i say uh you have completely blown david's attempt at uh wooing me as an employee many years ago <laughs> where i was lucky to get maybe one dinner at christmas and a, at, and a, and a muffin and, once, and, and, an a dry, and a dry muffin once a week <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. That, I mean, that, that's so, insane. So, I mean, uh, I'm just when Jake and I come to Switzerland, we want the VIP dining room with cigars. Yeah. Please, Felix, thank chef's you. Table, yes. Chef's yes, table. Thank you. We have a chef's table in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually really gutted now because uh, I'm going to AMWC in Monaco. And then on my way home, I'm going to Dubai for a family holiday. And I've actually got yeah. a few days to play with. And I mean, I maybe i could still come. come i don't know yeah sure but uh that would be amazing all right i'm gonna look in to see if i can change my flights because i've got a sure, few days where that. i'm i was kind of in limbo and i thought oh, i could go and do a course or i could go and visit someone and check the clinic out and i thought <laughs> i just thought no it's, yeah. it's too difficult but yeah right, i'll, I'll look into welcome. it that would be awesome and david of course if you join this well, sure. you'll, come, you'll come to mono can't you probably well there we go we might yeah. both be able to come yeah that yeah. would be amazing. That would be amazing. That's awesome. It's all, it's all happening. I, I wanted to ask Felix, I don't think we've ever really discussed branding. Well, we did do one episode on PR, but branding, mm. um, it's yeah. something that, you know, all clinics will have to grapple with, whether it's, you know, budget or, or high end. Did, did you yeah. have an idea in your own head of what you want it to look like, feel like, smell like, taste like, or did you get a, a company Absolutely. in very quickly? So, so, yeah, I, 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 very clear for me. First, you have to decide, am I going to be a boutique? Boutique means a small clinic like, like most of them are. And boutique includes personal branding. Mm -hmm. So and the, the other thing is scale. That's what we, what David did, what, 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 what I try to do. And if he, if it's a boutique thing, I think it's, it's fine to name it after your name and, and like, like Kate Miller. A clinic or boutique clinic, whatever, because people want to come to you. You are the superstar. You you, you can raise prices if you get very good. Um, and if but if you if you plan to grow, be careful with naming the clinic after yourself. Uh, so we, we we named our clinic Skin Med. And the other thing 
in a nutshell, I mean, we can discuss branding in, in huge, in, 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 in many ways. But what I discovered, that's very interesting. Make your entire corporate design look great, look valuable. Um, I remember when we had our first small clinic in Aarau, uh, that's a small city in, in Switzerland. It was just an average, more it, slightly above average, but it was just average design, average furniture. Uh, we were ending up discussing with every single person about prices, but uh, um, um, uh, discounts and all this. Since we are in Lenspoke, Lenspoke really looks like a five-star hotel, including the overnight beds, everything. And the, the two Michelin restaurants also linking into that. It's all high-end. And and we don't have this discussion anymore. Would you enter Louis Vuitton or Gucci in debating about uh, uh, discounts? You you wouldn't, right? So make sure your clinic looks the way you <laughs> you want to approach your customers or, or attract your, your customers. Yeah. I think that's very important. And we find out since we really have this corporate design and that it goes through everything. We have our own magazine. We have our own small chocolate, our own water. Everything is branded. And that really pays into, into I think, into the success mm. quite a lot. Yeah. It doesn't have to be expensive either. I mean, there are lots of people out there no. who don't have huge budgets, but could, you know, use intelligent design. Um, yeah. Something look you know, higher quality. Um, I think it's, I think a lot of the time we, we focus on delivering the service or the treatment, which is yeah. obviously paramount. That's, you know, you have to deliver safe and effective yeah. treatments. Obviously that goes without saying, but often forget about all the other, all the other touch points, you know, all the other emotive um, stimulus that you get from the way you interact with, you know, the entire, from the moment they call up or go to your website or try and book online, you know, all yeah. those friction points. Um, yeah. Just making it an experience where, as you said, the question, you know, because people in their mind are always thinking about, it's not about price. Obviously, there, there's that's not an absolute, but, you know, for, let's say for the sake of this discussion, you know, the extremes on either end of the scale can always be a problem. But for most people, it's about value. It's about a value proposition. Am I getting yeah. the value or more value or less value than what, than what I'm paying for? And a lot of the time that will then dictate the consumer behavior, you know. And so if you can sort of understand that psychology, you know, there's things yeah. that you can do to, to counteract or to use it in a way to your advantage. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it absolutely has not to be expensive. Correct. So yeah. uh, we don't have gold or anything. It's 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 very nice. It's smart, but it's not expensive. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And the, the, we don't, but we don't, we, we don't have to forget is the most important thing is human connection. So you can have the, the most posh design if you're not able to connect to your patients and focus on that. So, I think that's something which I would like to point out. We have only one KPI we measure for for the entire clinic. We have more for the leading uh, circle, but the for all the employees, that's the net promoter score, yep. and that measures the happiness of, in a nutshell, the happiness of the client. And I think that's key. So all the all the other touch points are hugely important, but the core thing is how do you connect to your patients because that will. Uh, will will make the long long term success of your clinic. Yeah. Well, it's, right. What 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 percentage of your patients return? That that's the metric I've always looked at. You know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what yeah. the, this can. And and, and, and and you know what? If you do that right, maybe you don't need any more marketing than that. You know, because yeah. you know, uh, I had my good friend on a few episodes ago. You might have heard Felix, um, Cassandra Smith, who was my business partner for many years yeah. down in yeah. our, our nation's capital in Canberra. And, um, you know, she, she refers to these people as satellite clients, you know, the, the client yeah. that always have like, you know, 
they've got people around them all the time. They're like the the central figure in the in their group of friends or their small yeah. community, you know, and those yeah. are the clients that will refer you 10, 15, 20 people. They, you know, they're involved in their yeah. community and they become your they become your marketing team. Mm. Um and so I agree hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah. If you are a single injector, you yeah. probably can run a hugely successful clinic yeah. by, by only word of mouth. Yeah. 100%. You know, the problem is though, people aren't prepared to wait because we live in a world now with instant gratification where people go, oh, I can, I can run an Instagram campaign or I can run an SEO campaign or I'm going to pay for this ad here because no one's prepared yeah. to wait. No one's prepared now to understand that any business outside of this industry you know, you're looking at two to three years before you even think about drawing profit out of that business. Yeah. And that concept yeah. is so foreign to so many people because we've been living in a false reality. We've had amazing yeah. economic times in most of the Western world for a very long time. We've had an industry yeah. that has been growing exponentially year on year on year. And so at some point, you know, that that that's, that's if you look at any market over a period of time, that doesn't last forever. Markets move yeah. into periods of maturity or consolidation, depending on how you want to define yeah. it. Yeah. And so you need to be smart now. You people need to be, be, be paying attention to these business principles, listening to people like you, um, people that have done it, have done it successfully because um, the industry won't be like this forever. And so yeah, at, some point, at some point, you're either going to have to evolve and educate yourself and start thinking about things differently, or you may not exist. Yeah. And you know, agree. from an injector's perspective, if you're you know, <clears throat> relatively busy, look after your patients really well and get them to rebook. And once you've gone over a year or two of getting consistent, you know, high percentages of rebookings, you get to a point where you don't need new patients. Yeah. So look after yeah. the people that are already happy rather than constantly searching for new patients because actually your day becomes much easier because you know everyone, you've treated them already, you know their, Agreed. Agreed. Know their dose, it becomes much more efficient and you can see more people yeah. in a day because you're not having to do an hour consult yeah. with all the photos and all that stuff. And you're de-risking your business. And you're de-risking de it both from a financial perspective and you're de-risking it from a clinical perspective because those patients are known quantities. Every new patient... Reta retaining your existing, existing patients, it's much easier than gaining new ones yes. and much cheaper. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Tell me, Felix, wh wh where do you think the industry is going into the future? I mean, we just—I just sort of mentioned, you know, my thoughts on on the financial side of things and, and the business side. You know, there's some really exciting things happening with um, technology, with new treatments that are coming out. You know, some uh, devices that seem to be making some pretty interesting claims about things they can do. Um, yeah, but you know, uh, artificial intelligence. You know, we just had a, a you know chat. What is it? Chat GTP that just mm. opened a few weeks ago, which just blew my mind apart. Um, and and so, and then also, you know, people like Allegan have got, you know, their Science of Aging um, project, which is looking at, you know, working with people like Professor David Sinclair, talking about anti-aging on a cellular level. You know, there'll be some convergence at some point between all these different moving parts. So I'm interested to pick your brain on, on sort of what do you think about all these factors and and, and what does the future look like and, you know, how are you going to adapt? Yeah. To that? <laughs> that, that's very interesting. Um, so I... I that's only my assumption. I'm, I don't. I can't predict the future, but I think that um, AI will have have huge impact on our industry. Not only on our industry, also on healthcare. Um, in, in terms of aesthetic, I believe for sure that devices will will proceed and will get much better. Also, the the topic longevity is very interesting. Um, surgery probably will go down or get smarter or, or will change. Um, but what I think in general terms, and I think that's interesting, all 
the intellectual properties or all your intellectual skills on first sight will be assisted by AI, but long-term, probably AI will be that smart that they can do doctor's work. What's not possible for a longer period of time, that's what I'm brainstorming a lot on, is human connection. Yeah. How how what what will change? So probably one day you can just press a button and and this device can measure all your physics, all your data from your body and prescribe be better and smarter than any doctor can and, and, and analyze better. But what is about the human connection? That's why I said I believe that these personal brandings, these people who give guidance, they that that's probably an interesting field. People people will seek for connection and guidance. Mm. That's what I assume for future. Oh, and that's what you have to to think of as a doctor or nurse or injector. How can I deal with that? And how can I be a guider in their life? Mm. Do have you guys dabbled with incorporating any anti-aging treatments to your clinic? Even just you know incorporating a nutritionist hormonal treatments, um, apart from aesthetic, you know, working on the physiology? Yeah. We are brainstorming on that a lot, but haven't found the right person yet. So I think it's just in the beginning. Uh, probably US is is more advanced in that than Switzerland or Europe because we're always very careful uh, with nutrition or hormones and all this. But I think that's something very interesting to look at. Yeah. And, you know, if people ask me, what could I do? How could I point out in this industry? How could I be an expert? That's something nobody's really talking about right now longevity vitamin supplements that could be something you you could take on and go on stages and and be a kol yeah um, <clears throat> what what are your what what is your opinion on the future you were uh, mm, when i said uh, people are looking for a guide <laughs> look i i think that um yeah, I, I think that if you, okay, if we're looking at it just uh, you know in terms of AI. I mean, oh God, I mean, it seems to be improving exponentially. So it's very hard to predict how fast it's going to how fast yeah. it's going to progress. I mean, then you've got people like Elon Musk talking about putting Neuralink in, but not is it Neuralink? Neuralink, Neuralink yeah. in people. Um, and what's that going to do? Yeah. for us? you know, is this to work in tandem with AI? Is this to try and compete against? Is this to try and you know, future future proof the need for you know human survival if AI yeah. suddenly takes on you know. Uh, <laughs> its own consciousness, which everyone sort of is a lot of very interesting people, you know, speculating about, you know, something like that happening. And some people say it can't. So I don't know, but I think if I look at it just from like maybe the next sort of five to 10 to 15 years, I think that um, anti-aging, you know, I think that there's push now to have it um, classified as a, as a disease, which is going to change the way that um, yeah. we look at developing products and treatments to sort of combat the aging process. Yeah. Um, and I think eventually yeah. what you'll see is, um, a convergence of um, anti-aging on a cellular level where we'll be able to uh, halt or reverse the signs of aging, hopefully internally and externally. And then, you know, the question then will become, well, what is the role of injectors at that point? And I, I mean, my answer at, at this at this stage, which, you know, could be proven wrong, is that um, it'll become about enhancements rather than anti-aging. So, you know, I think one of the most difficult things, I'm not an injector, but I've worked with many, I've had many that have worked for me, is working on a canvas that makes your life difficult. Um, yeah. Someone's got horrible collagen, elastin depletion, you know, lots of sun damage, not so much in Switzerland, but over here, definitely in Australia, Felix. Yeah. Um, you know, it makes your job very hard, um, very hard to predict results, very hard to give people 
um, to meet their expectations. Yeah. Um, and also frustrating because from a, you know, a, a clinician or an artist perspective, you're sort of not able to do what you want to do because you just don't have the can mm. like a painter, you know, ask Michael and, you know, Michael and yeah. to paint yeah. something on a canvas that's falling off and, you know, it doesn't have any, any sort of texture to it or any, any sort of firmness. So I think, I think that's where it might go is you'll start to see the role of the injector change from the anti-ager to the enhancer. Um, yeah, and where does that yeah. go? I don't know, but uh, I, I don't know. That's kind of. Have you thought? Have you thought beyond that? I'm. I, I just was thinking about that yesterday uh, because I'm preparing a TED X talk. I'm oh, yeah. invited to one. I'm very happy about that. And I'm talking about the ugly face of beauty, but not about all these alienized and watched yeah. people. I'm. I'm brainstorming on how I, you know, I'm realizing that filters and Instagram are already getting crazy good yeah, yeah. and people coming with their films and say, okay, I, 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 there's just someone fall in love into my filter and I'm not going to meet him in real life. And I, I what can I do? <laughs> and then the next thing is met, the metaverse. Yes, yeah. So what is happening in the metaverse and what is happening one step beyond when, when Elon Musk implants uh, some chips in the brain, is it possible that beauty is, just disappears because everyone's getting beautiful just in this virtual world and we only live in this virtual world I, and it's interesting to think what is happening when we can i mean everything is possible it's so crazy right what's happening right now and if you think it further and beyond it it could work out that everyone is just due to this chip in the brain it's just beautiful it's his version he wants to be and uh so <laughs> um that's maybe total nonsense what I'm talking here about, but I don't know. I, I don't know agree. what's happening. Maybe we're we're all getting uploaded in the cloud one day yeah. and living living in the yeah, don't, do you don't remember uh, the film? we are not physical anymore. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the film Total Recall? The yeah. yeah, the girl with three yeah. boobies. Yeah. <laughs> I think um yeah. you know, I, it sounds so ridiculous and out there, but I kind of agree with you. I think we're going to be living more virtual worlds and probably sadly, you know, kind of living a lot of our worlds isolated in a room on a computer, but that's just yeah. where we're going. It's just, it's just no escaping it. Sweet. And so we're going to become more sedentary. <clears throat> we're going to have less working lives. We'll, we'll, the computers yeah. and the machines will be doing a lot of the things that we want to do. And or, so or imagine we're just getting rid of our bodies. We only live virtual. Our brain, our soul lives in a virtual world, and we connect in a virtual world. We get fed there. We get every, we can have every kind of sex we want. We can have everything there. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy, but what, we don't need our body, right? The problem is the body. The body is dawn, dawning and will die one day, but our emotions, our brains, our souls, they can live in the cloud. Why not? Well, I feel <laughs> it like sounds we need, weird, but it we can happen. To, we need to come to Switzerland and do all mushrooms together. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess the point is that if you can get virtual reality to the point where you can't distinguish it from reality, does it matter? It's kind of an interesting question. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, like you said, if you can have a virtual girlfriend and have the best sex ever and be rich... <laughs> yeah. But I'd not have to take yeah. it. Yeah, like, <laughs> does it matter that it's only a fantasy when you can just do it every day? No, sure, sure. Yeah, weird. <laughs> weird. I know. 
Weird that, end to the podcast. That was a, that was a weird tangent that we went on. <laughs> I want to uh, before we maybe let's just sort of regroup for a couple of minutes and then we'll sort of uh, we'll sign off because you know you're you're a busy man. You've been very generous with your time. No, it's all fine. Um, I'm fine. How, how do you you know you spoke about human connection, right? And and we've sort of covered off you know the way to make your clinic look and quality and you know the mindset of of sort of having uh, you know business in front of mind at the forefront of your mind. Um, but part of growth is choosing the right people to come on that journey with you or to yeah. be part of the success. So how do you, how do you identify those people? And are, do you interview everyone that joins your business? Have you relegated those tasks onto different people within your business? And how do you, how do you know these people are right and how do you choose them? That's a very, very good question. Uh, so sit a few years back, like two or three years back when I don't have an HR department, I haven't been aware of this key thing. I did it by myself with a lot of mistakes. Today, I would say one of our major tasks is really uh, the recruitment and the HR department. So we have like four, four, three or four people in the HR department, and we spend a lot of effort on the recruitment, not only reading the CVs, calling references, having like one or two interviews, having a shadow day, depending on the people we hire and the level, we also do personality tests. So we really do a lot to find the right people. And then we have it's also important to have a very proper onboarding process. So we we the first day they get our spirit book. We have like a spirit book where our values are mentioned and all the benefits are mentioned. Then they all go for then, then the company is presented by all the heads of the department. Then we go for lunch together. So we really make sure that we we have presence in between surprises, uh free ice cream and free this and that. I mean, that's tiny things, not very, but it, the overall effort we we put into that is is huge. And we as as I already mentioned, I don't know if, if I did that. We have a leadership academy, so we we get we, on a regular basis. We get all the leaders together and train them on certain topics. Yeah, it's it, it's a difficult game. I really, it's really it is to find the right employees, and we spend a lot of work and money on that. I've got a major announcement. I'm moving to Switzerland. <laughs> Because it's absolutely incredible. Bye, I mean, genuinely, I, th- I think what you've created is is pretty special. Yeah. Um, you know, from from the small little touches, the the branded chocolates, the skincare, running effectively a hospital, a restaurant, a restaurant. It's just, it's very very impressive, Felix. Um, I, yeah. Thank you. I, I'll, I'll take but my hat off to you. Also fact, you guys, I'll, I'll take my two thank, hats thank off you. for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you, you, I mean, you you really shaping the industry, and you uh, really moved on with many things. Uh, and uh, so I've, I admire you. You doing a great job and cool stuff. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Well, I'm looking forward to collaborating with you on on future projects. I'm sure. There's- sure. I'm sure we've got a lot to learn from each other, so that'd be yeah. great. Yeah. But when are your absolutely? When is your next inner circle? Because you've now branched off to both Zurich and New York, correct? Uh, Zurich and California. Uh, the California one is probably in Santa Barbara. We're just finalizing. No, we have Pelican Hill. It's the hotel recently signed the contract. So the first one is in August, but it's almost sold out. Uh, the August one is in Switzerland. It's an amazing experience. Lovely hotel. It's, I really can recommend that. And we have a few seats in California. That's November. Right. And people would apply through, is there a special Instagram 
profile you have for Inner Circle? Or? Yeah. So, so, no, no. It's a Swiss Aesthetic Institute. And you can find it on Instagram or go through the webpage, yeah. swissaestheticinstitute.com. Check yeah. It. Yeah. Maybe go on a little trip. Yeah, maybe. Um, before, yeah, before, sure. Before, before I let you but go. But come to Switzerland in, in April, is it, right? The AWC. know my dates and we'll see That'd what we can do. Yeah. Um, before we would love to meet you, but. Oh, but I'd love to meet you too. Well, you have to come to Australia and, and have a few beers. Have you been here before? Yeah. No. Never. Okay. Oh, I, I, my that's God. on my bucket list, definitely. Yeah. You, I will. We'll promise. Sh- we'll show you the sites. It'll be great. We'll promise. Take, we'll take I, you, we'll I, do. Some, I do. I'll take you to some great restaurants. David actually cooked a in the barbie. I'm I have to say, yeah. I was quite impressed with I, that. I do do a good steak. I do, <laughs> do have a couple of skills in the kitchen. Before we let you go, Felix, I just wanted to ask you if you had any sort of parting advice for our listeners, um, most of the people that listen to this podcast are professionals in this space, whether they be doctors, nurses, surgeons, or business owners, therapists, um, you know, anyone that's looking to take their business to the next level, um, any sort of words of wisdom that you could share, um, we'd love, we'd love to know what, you know, any, anything that you think is of value. Yeah. Two, two things, find your why, and it's all about the people. Perfect. I got one more question. Because <laughs> I apologize to our uh, patrons. I completely forgot to ask their questions, but to be honest, we covered most of them. But uh, Sarah Graham asked, "Do you have a mentor? And if so, who is it?" Mm, to be very honest, no, unfortunately, not. I never had a mentor. Uh, our industry is quite young. I mean, I had maybe part part time mentors. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. But I, I mean, when I started up. I mean, I'm, honestly, I, I'm really uh, impressed by all these big entrepreneurs like Musk, uh, Steve Jobs, and uh, they really, uh, yeah, have have impact on me. Yeah, inspirational ways. Yeah, I think I think that's an interesting um, maybe point to, to part on is to maybe don't confine your ideas and your dreams and aspirations to within this industry only. Look at what people have done in other yeah. places. Um, yeah, and, and learn how to maybe apply that in your own way. Apply your own magic to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and that Agree. restaurant was born to yeah. be completely out of the box, but there is a yeah, a, a link, but it's so different but so similar. It's, yeah. it's interesting. I like that yeah. parallel paradox. Yeah. Well, Felix, thank you. Don't get eaten by a lion. Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will. Well, how long are you there for? I'm going back tomorrow. It's only four day trip. Well, safe travels and we will definitely catch up. And uh and maybe I'll see you in April. That would be amazing. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Felix. Thanks Look for having me. Speaking to you soon. Take care. See you, buddy. Bye. Have a great day. For our latest news, upcoming guests, and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at Inside Aesthetics Podcast. Using the link in our Instagram profile, you can easily email us, text us, apply to be a guest on the show, follow our personal accounts on Instagram, and even show your love and support us on Patreon. 